Um, hmm. I began the first service with this. Not sure how it went over. Um, it's one of the reasons why I just prayed. Uh, and I might pray again in just a few minutes. Uh, so we'll see what ha- happens here. But, uh, okay, so I'm just asking you to, to indulge me here. Um, see where this goes. Um, when you think about what happened, see, I want, to take us, I want to take us back to some things that happened with COVID, which seems to be like a touchy subject with some people. So, um, but they told us, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. That wasn't true. They told us that it came from bats. Uh, didn't, it did not come from a lab in Wuhan, we were told, funded by Americans. No, no, that, no, no. Oh. We were told to get vaccinated. The vaccinations work. The vaccinations, they'll fix, they'll fix everything. We were told to trust the science that funded the Wuhan lab in China where the COVID did not come from. Okay, uh, so just trust the science. We were told uh, lock, to, to lock down, to close the schools, to close the small businesses. Not, don't go to the beach. Whatever you do, don't go to the beach. And we were told this would stop or eliminate the virus. This is what we were told. We were told that churches were dangerous, but Walmart's okay, and Home Depot's okay, and the New York subway, that's okay. That's what we were told. Um, but churches, they're, they're not okay. We were told you need to listen to your doctor unless your doctor doesn't agree with the experts. And then in that case, you don't, don't listen to your doctor. That's what we were told. Um, that's just a, a few things with that, and then uh, move on to just another subject, and, and this is dangerous, all this is dangerous, uh, but to bring up, you know, January 6th, what happened January 6th with the, you know, the insurrection where we were told that five police officers lost their lives that, that day. I'm not sure that's true. We, we were told Officer Brian Sicknick was beaten to death with a fire extinguisher. I know that was not true. We were told that this Qunan shaman was a dangerous terrorist. And I watched a video of him praying with the police officers. Dangerous, dangerous. We were told that all the protests that vandalized and burnt down our cities in 2020 were mostly peaceful protests. I'm just trying to give you some examples of things that's happened over the past couple of years. And then, um, and recently, I don't know when, just a month ago, I guess, um, there was a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Um, spilled 115,000 gallons of vinyl chloride, which they burnt off into the atmosphere. And the EPA assured us everything's okay. Drinking water's okay. You know, everybody's, you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. Um, I think a lot of this is motivated because just last week there was a, some kind of explosion in New Albany at the industrial park and the sky turned yellow and uh, quickly came out, hey, everything's fine. Everything. I'm like, really? I'm, I don't know that we can believe anything anymore. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe everything is okay, but maybe it's not. I don't know if it's okay. Um, and then there's the bank collapse, the was Silicon Valley Bank and, and several other banks apparently have gone belly up. But the Treasury Secretary has assured us all of our banks are fine. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. And then I've got just a few other examples, but if that wasn't controversial enough, I'm, just, I'm not going to go where... I don't see myself as a conspiracy theorist. A conspiracy theorist. Um, maybe you all do. I don't know. But I, I, think, I think I'm low-key, normal, you know, everyday, average guy. But we've been lied to. 
I mean, isn't it obvious we've been lied to? Um, and we know we've been lied to. And because of that, it's caused great distrust in our nation, uh, a lot of cynicism. Let me just say, that hap- that, that's happening now. 2,000 years ago, if, if, if you've been here the past couple of weeks, we've, we've been, you know, the, the trial of Jesus before Caiaphas in the Sanhedrin, you know, working our way to the cross. We're, we're getting close to Easter, and we've been working our way. But that trial in the middle of the night, that happened. And, and last week, uh, they took Jesus before Pilate, and, and they accused him before Pilate. This is what it says in Matthew 27, verse 12. It's up here. Uh, when, when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. And, and what was it they were accusing him of? And, and I said this last week. And last week, Luke chapter 23, I think verse 1, verse 2, that he opposes paying taxes, and, and he's an insurrectionist. That's the accusations. He claims to be king, and, and we dealt with that one last week. But, but, but some of these things they were saying, that they're lies. And so if the trial of Jesus tells us anything, it doesn't tell us. It, 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 we, we have seen Jesus is the Christ. We have seen Jesus is the Son of God. We have seen that Jesus is the King. But we also see, and they're a bunch of liars. In that way, then nothing, nothing's changed here. So here they bring him before Pilate. And they, they say, he claims to be king. And what we dealt with last week, Pilate says, are you, are you the king of the Jews? And remember what Jesus said? Simply, Jesus said, yes, it is as you say. And then Jesus goes on. This is new. This is where I want us to focus today. For, for this reason, I was born. This is what Jesus says. For this reason, I was born. And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. And then get this, these are very important words. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That's what Jesus says here. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. For this reason I came to testify to the truth. And what Jesus is telling us, and, and, and I want you to hear this, there is such a thing as truth. That's important. And in John chapter 14, he says, I am the truth. I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, and I would just tell you, the way I started this sermon and how depressing it is, how the cynicism that, that we have developed, how desperately we need this message that Jesus is the truth. There is such a thing as truth. And Jesus says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And, and I would ask you, are you listening to Jesus? Jesus tells this to Pilate. And what, how does Pilate respond? Pilate says, whatever. It's not actually what he said. He said, what is truth? But he walks out. So he, he's not like waiting for an answer. You, you can just see he's, he's rolling his eyes at, at Jesus. Whatever. So whatever is kind of like a modern translation of what is truth. The actual words he said, what is truth? Whatever. It means the same thing, right? This, have you ever experienced this before? Like, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're raising teenagers and, and you're trying to get through to them and they roll their eyes at you, whatever, what, whatever, and they put their hand, especially if they put their hand up, you know. It's a, um, and they had teenagers. Okay, teenagers, we all agree they have issues. Any teenagers in here? Um, we, yeah, they have issues. But I would also tell you, I've seen parents do the same thing. 
which I would tell you, parents have issues too. When, when the teenager is trying to say something to, to mom or dad, and, and mom and dad are so frustrated with it, they don't want to hear it. Whatever. Whatever. So parents do the same thing. Teenagers do it. They're known for doing it. Parents do it. I think we need to acknowledge that. And here we see Pilate doing it. Pilate is doing this to Jesus. Whatever. I don't care. When, they, when you say whatever, you're communicating that you just don't care about whatever the issue is. I don't care. And, and, and to just take you through a little bit of the story here with Pilate, you see Pilate at the beginning of this here, when they bring Jesus to Pilate and they accuse him of all these things, it says in John 18, verse 31, take, take him yourselves and judge him by your own laws. Pilate doesn't want anything. Pilate is trying to avoid this whole issue. Pilate doesn't want to deal with this issue. Pilate doesn't want to deal with the truth. And I would stop and ask you right here, can you relate? Maybe, I'm just thinking, all the things that are going on in our world, I think a lot of people have their heads in the sand and people just don't want to know. People don't care. I think when it comes to Jesus, the king of kings, when it comes to the word of God, which was given to us by our creator, a lot of people seem like they just don't care. They just don't want to know. God is giving us instructions to bless us for our life, and we, like rebellious teenagers, whatever, whatever, hand, hand up in the air to God. And here's Pilate trying to avoid dealing with the truth. And, and Pilate has a history with the Jews. I think this could explain some things. Pilate, uh, at one, he was trying to re- build a uh, new aqueduct in, in, the, in the city. And to do so, he took money out of the temple treasury. And that did not go over well with the Jews. They were ticked. They reported him to, to the emperor. Well, he gets in trouble. When, you know, he gets in trouble with his boss because the Jews kind of ratted him out. So he gets in trouble with the emperor. And so he's kind of hanging on a limb here to keep his job. And now the Jews have put him you know, in, this, in this tough situation. Uh, what are you going to do with Jesus? He claims to be a king. If you, if you, if you let him go, you're no friend of Caesar. If, if you let him go, we're, we're going to do to you again what we did to you before. And this time we know you're going to lose your job. So he, he's trying to avoid it. There, there might be reasons you're trying to avoid truth. Might be reasons why you're trying to avoid being honest with Jesus being honest with God. If that is you, I'm, I'm telling you, got something in common with Pilate. Maybe that ought to get your attention. I don't know. Um, Pilate avoided the truth. Pilate knew the truth. You, you see this in John 18, verse 38. Uh, what is truth? And he walks away. And then he goes out to the crowd and says, I find no basis for a charge against him. I find nothing wrong with this guy that you want me to kill. I, I find no evidence to... to to put him to death. And Pilate could have dismissed all the charges right then, but what we find, he sends them to Herod, and then Herod sends them back, says, I find no charges with them. And then you, you got Pilate's wife who had a dream. Do you remember this part? In, uh, in John 18, verse 19, Pilate's wife sent him a message, don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I've suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him have nothing to do with that innocent man. The truth was plain to Pilate. You can avoid it, but it was obvious. It is what it is. It was plain. Pilate knew the truth. And then Pilate crucified the truth. 
Pilate rejected the truth. Finally, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. Pilate crucified the truth. Jesus says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. The question I'm asking you to deal with right now is, what are you doing with the truth? What are you doing with the truth? Are you anything like Pilate? And if so, let this be a wake-up call. Don't do what Pilate did. Pilate was looking eye to eye with the truth. Truth is Christ. Christ is the truth. To accept Christ is to accept the truth. And to reject Christ is to reject the truth. And Pilate says, whatever. Whatever. We live in such a whatever world. Like I said, you know, when you say whatever, it's communicating you don't care. You don't care about that topic. You don't care about the answer. Or maybe you just don't care about the person talking to you. You just don't care. The attitude of whatever, it goes far, be, far beyond your teenagers. Um, you look at it, it's, it's the attitude that Pilate had. There's nothing new under the sun. But I can take you all the way back to Cain and Abel. When, when God went to Cain, where's your brother? And what does, what does Cain say? It, 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 am I my brother's keeper? Which is the equivalent of saying, whatever, whatever. Cain didn't care about what happened to Abel. Cain didn't care that God was, was confronting him about what happened to Abel. Whatever, whatever. I'll take you all the way back to the Garden of Eden when the serpent was talking to Eve. And Eve said, no, we're, we're not allowed to eat from that tree. And Satan said, is that what God really said? Does, does God really mean that? Whatever, whatever. God didn't mean that. It goes all the way back to then. And, and this spirit of whatever is so pervasive in our, our, our world today, so destructive in our world today. I'm, I'm hoping that I can communicate this to you. I'm hoping that you see it. Do you see it? Be, and, and, and are you guilty of it? If you, if you have this attitude, I, I, I want to wake you up that this is not good. This is not healthy to, to, to not care, especially about the things of God. Who's ever on, on the side of truth listens to Jesus. And Jesus is saying a lot of people aren't listening to him because a lot of people don't care what he's saying, what he's, what he's trying to teach us. And, and, and maybe, why, why, why are we like this with God? Why are so many people so apathetic about their walk with God, their, their creator, the, the, the one who, is, who can bless us beyond our, our wildest imagination, and, and yet people just are dismissive of that. And people don't want anything to do with God. Why is that? And, and, and what I wrote down here, because people want to be their own authority. There's, there's a problem. People are determining their own values, their own beliefs, their own truth. What's true for me might not be true for you. What's true for you might not be true for me. So we just make up our own truth. Everybody, everybody's making up their own truths. There are no standards. There are no rules which means we're no longer collectively building something constructive. We're, build, we're, not, we're not building on truths previously learned. We're now in the process of deconstruction. Have you heard that term? People are deconstructing their faith. And, and if you look around, people are de deconstructing our, our civilization. You know, wh whatever they're doing, tearing down statues, tearing down our institutions, tearing down whatever they can tear down. People are trying to tear things down. 
And that's the consequences of rejecting truth. Everything is getting torn down. Nothing's getting built up. Study after study shows the consequences of, of, of this, this mentality, this whatever mentality. That you know, our families are being destroyed. Suicide is an epidemic. Drug overdose is an epidemic. Um, all these different things that are going on in our society. And we see it. We see it. Do we understand the root of it? The root of it is this attitude that nobody cares. And yet we refuse to repent. Whatever world is a world where everyone is God. Therefore, everyone is a devil. Whatever world has led to school shootings and suicides, massive drug addictions and overdoses, and theft, and corruption. I mean, everything you think that's wrong with this world, we know these things are wrong in our world. We see they're wrong in our world. Do we understand why? I'm telling you, this is the heart of it. This, this apathy, this, this refusal to listen to Jesus. Whatever world has given us transgender confusion and sexual perversion, and get this, whatever world, I came up with this one on my own, whatever world is a world which, which people boast about their therapy but re, are repulsed by, by morality. Do you care? Do you see the problem? Do you see the problem? And Jesus' message is there is another world which stands in great contrast to the spirit of this age that says whatever. Jesus came into this world to testify to the truth. He says, this is why I came. He says, I am the truth, which is one of the most offensive statements to so many people in our world who have this attitude of whatever. They can't stand Jesus saying he is the truth. My question to all of us today is what side are you on? Are you on the side of truth? Or are you on the side of whatever? Are you listening to Jesus or are you ignoring Jesus? Are you dismissive of Jesus? Are you rolling your eyes at Jesus? Whatever. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. Jesus says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Don't, don't be complacent about listening to Jesus. Don't, don't let it go in one ear and out the other ear. I'm not saying you got to listen to me, but you've got to listen to this. You've got to listen to this. You've got to let this get through. Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and put them into practice is like the wise man who builds his house on the rock. Are you hearing the words of Jesus? Are you putting them into practice? So you see, Jesus is drawing a line in the sand. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Everybody who doesn't listen to him is not on his side. There are two sides. Obviously, there's two sides here. There's the truth and there's everything else. And the question is, what side are you on? Let me see if I can... Uh, give you a couple of Old Testament illustrations here. Um, if I can take you back to Genesis chapter 6, and was it saying Genesis chapter 6? The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. This is what, when he looks down, Genesis 6, this is what he looks, he sees his creation, and this is what he sees. 
which is not much different than if he was looking on our world right now, and he is. Genesis 6, verse 11, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and full of violence. Do you think in the days of Genesis chapter 6 was much different from today's day, in today's world? So that was the world then. The earth was corrupt and full of violence. Lawless corporations, government corruption, terrorism, wars dominating the news. Sounds very familiar to our world today. And yet Noah stood out in that world as something different. It says that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It says Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. You see a world that's full of violence and full of corruption, doing their own thing, ignoring God, and Noah is walking with God. He walked faithfully with God. I want, you, I want that to stand out to you. Noah was different. In the rest of the world, what happened to the rest of the world? It was flooded. God destroyed it with a flood. Now, I take you to Genesis chapter, chapter uh, um, 13 to another day. This is during the time of Abraham. In Genesis 13, now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. It says in Genesis 18, then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous. In Genesis 19, verse 24, then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah and destroyed them, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because they were so wicked. But in, during that time, in, during this time of wickedness, there was a man named Abraham who believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. In that world, Abraham stood out as something different. You see something in, in, in during Moses' time when Pharaoh had enslaved the Israelites and anybody he couldn't enslave, he just had them thrown in the Nile River. He, he was killing babies off left and right. Um, that was the world that Moses was born into. And God called Moses out of that world. And it says in Exodus 23, verse 2, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. That was, that was the words to Moses, and that was Moses' words to the Israelites. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. And, and what you see in these three examples here of, of during the time of the flood, during the time of Sodom and Gomorrah, and during the time of, of slavery in, in, uh, in, in Egypt, you see Noah walking with God. You see Abraham believing in God. You see Moses following God. You see these three men on the side of truth, listening to their creator, believing their creator, following their creator, walking with their creator. There's a lesson here for us. Are we going to be like Sodom and Gomorrah? Are we going to be like Abraham? Are we going to be like the wicked people during the days of Noah? Are we going to be like Noah? Are you listening to God? Let me, let me on the back page of your outline, if you have an outline, if, if I can try to sum up this, you know, why is truth so important? Why does it matter? And the, the first answer I'm going to give you is not even on your outline. So, but if you understand the truth, that will give you passion in this life. I, I fear a lot of people have no passion. Their, their lives are nothing but apathy because they reject truth. They reject the Word of God. You cannot be passionate about something without believing it. And maybe this is the reason why so many Christians, they're not passionate about their faith. They're just going through the motions. is because they've not placed their full trust in, 
in the words of God. They're not truly listening to God. If they were truly listening to God and believing what God was saying, it would change their, their priorities. It would change their values. It would change everything about them. It would give them passion. What is Scripture if it's not the best news the world has ever known? When you look at the corruption, you look at the, the lies, you look at the, you look at the violence, you look at all this. The Word of God is good news because it's God's news. And it's God's truth about the world, about life, and about himself. If you're completely committed and have given yourself over to, to, to God's truth and you're full, as fully as you know how, it will make a difference in your life. You cannot remain apathetic. God's truth will help you escape the despair, the negativity, the apathy that plagues this unbelieving world. Their unbelief is what leads to the apathy. I don't want to be that guy. I hope you don't want to be that guy. The truth about Scripture is not just a bunch of rules. People, people reduce the Word of God to just a bunch of rules. No, it's not rules. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. And when you get to know Jesus Christ, the, the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ, the will of Jesus Christ, it changes everything. Truth matters. This is number one on your outline. Truth matters because truth liberates. And we are living in bondage today. Bondage to the lies that we have been told. Bondage to this apathy that, that, that has come across our land. We're living in bondage. And this is what it says in John 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus says, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. And then get this, verse, verse 32. But don't separate verse 32 from verse 31. Verse 31 is so important. But it says in verse 32, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But you gotta, you got to connect that with verse 31. If you hold to my teachings. If you hold to my teachings, you will know the truth. And then you're going to experience liberty like you've never experienced liberty before. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be beautiful. It's, it's, going, it's going to be wonderful. So truth matters, first of all, because that's where our freedom comes from. I hope that you, you understand what I'm saying. You see the importance of what I'm saying just because of that one alone. But get this, the truth also matters because your eternity is at stake. Your eternity is at stake. The person on the side of truth listens to Jesus. The person not on the side of truth doesn't listen to Jesus. And that's not going to go well for them. They're going to experience God's wrath. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I need you to understand what Jesus is claiming here. There is no other way to God. Are you, are you just going to put your hand up and say, I, I don't believe that. I don't care. Whatever. Whatever. Really? When Jesus says there's no other way to God, is that what you're going to do? I say all this to say right now is your pilot moment. This is your time to be pilot. I brought before you Jesus, the accused. What are you going to do with him? Are you going to avoid it? Like, like Pilate avoided, wanted to avoid it? And I know some people are going to try to do that, but that's not good. Are you going to reject him? That's what Pilate did. He crucified the truth. 
I give you all this, and, and, and are, you, are you just going to crucify Jesus and reject Jesus and say, get out of my life, Jesus? Or are you going to listen to him? This is why he came. He wants you to listen to him because he is the truth. He came to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth will listen to him. What side are you on? What side are you on? If you're listening to him, does that mean you, you recognize he is the Christ? He is the Son of God. He is the King of kings. If you're listening to him, you will see that. If you're listening to him, you will acknowledge him as Lord. He is Lord, which means master. He calls the shots. I want him to call the shots. My life is better when he calls the shots. Is he your Lord? Are you listening to him? Do you want the freedom that only he can give you? I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. And as they're coming forward, I've got one more thing I want you to see here. Um, you know, if, if you find yourself trapped in this whatever world, if that is your attitude, if, if, if you can relate to identify with the, the, these people who, who are somewhat going through life with, with this apathy, you know, whatever, whatever. I mean, if that's you in any way, I want you to hear this verse. This is in Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Think about these things. That It will change your whatever attitude. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, are seen in me, put into practice. This is the words of Paul, but what, what's he doing? He, well, he's, he's sharing with us what he's heard from Jesus. Is whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, are seen in me, and put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So I invite you today to listen to Jesus. And for anyone in this room who, I mean, you, you, you've been a Christian for a long time, I would ask you to um, re-examine the subject. Are you listening to Jesus? Are you in step with Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Are you believing Jesus? Today, I'm not asking what you did a year ago or what you did five years ago or ten years ago. I'm asking, are you, are you walking in the Spirit today, listening to the Holy Spirit inside you today, doing what the Holy Spirit is asking of you today?